Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello, and welcome back to the Divorce Course. Welcome back, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. So, um, look, we have been doing some, you know, do it yourself. This is this is how you are going to go through the system. And I think one thing that we haven't talked too much about is for all our people who are going to court. And I know the court can seem pretty scary unless you're a lawyer and you basically live there. Is do you find most of your clients quite terrified about court, Mum? Yes, yes, and and it's disturbing. It's their whole life they're talking about. Yeah, and I think one of the things to help people with any fear is trying to um, explain it and learn about it and and know how or how the system's going to work. So today we're going to be talking about the court conveyor belt and the processes and systems that and, and the steps that you will go through if you are in that court world, and hopefully that will take a little bit of the fear away for everybody. Mm. Um, so... Uh, in our divorce course online that it will be available very soon uh, we have a module called avoiding the court roller coaster but this is for people who have not been able to avoid it or has started to lead up to it now if you are doing court and you don't have a lawyer you can still do some of our course country mum with the property orders and the children's orders sure. but this yeah. this is to pretty much alleviate your fears and just kind of explain a little bit of what the process is. So, Mum, I'm going to pick your brain for everybody and figure out what this court conveyor belt is. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first of all, what is the first time someone needs to step into court? Well, that would be the first court date. So, you've filed presumably online, you've filed to documents, and you get allocated a court date. Now, it might be called a first return date, or it might be called a mention date, or it might be called an interim hearing date. Uh, But each of those is probably your first time at court, okay? Hmm. So what happens, so so you've been told through the court portal or through an email from, I'm guessing, a judge's associate or something? No, uh, it's when you file your documents, a date is allocated to them, and you'll see it stamped on the side of the document. So, and that's usually the first you know of it. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. So what happens at the first court day? Obviously you go. So what happens? So to put, put things in a framework, you you file your documents and it is, it goes on to what I like to think of as the court conveyor belt, which is everything from that first day, right the way to the final hearing. So we're going to talk about the different court dates. So your first day that you go to court, uh, anything, um, could happen. Uh, For example, you've filed it and served it on the other side and they might not turn up or they might turn up with some documents or there might be questions or you might be able to have a negotiation. So the first return date usually is where the court has a look at everything, sees where the parties are at and decides um, if there's anything that has to be done to get it ready for negotiation like valuing things or Uh, producing copies of your bank statements or something. So the court actually um, has a look at the case and gives you jobs to do. 
um, normally to take it on to the next stage. If they're, Is that what they call directions? That's directions, and it's usually in the duty list. So um, the night before your court, you should look up, um, I'm talking Federal Circuit Court here, you should look online for the Federal Circuit Court list, L-I-S-T, or lists, and click on your your town or your, you know, where you live, and you'll see all of the matters before all of the different judges. Now, you'll have the name of the judge on your documents, so scroll down to that judge, and if it's the first day back, first day before a judge, um, you're in the duty list. You could have 20, 30, 40 matters on that day. Mm. Now, the court only sits usually from 9.30 till 4 with an hour for lunch. So they are moving through those cases pretty quickly to get everyone done. So unless you've filed an interim application, um, and even then, only if it's urgent, would you be heard. But normally it's just for the court to check everyone's filed what they need to file, you've done your disclosure or you're going to do these things and then we can move you on to the next step, which hopefully is to solve it. So that's a good way for you to find out if you've missed anything yep, or if they've missed anything and I guess just for them to check that the wheels are still turning. That's right. right. That's right. So if it's a property matter, like I said, the court might say, well, you better get, if you can't agree on the value of the house, get a valuer, uh, you know, or if it's children's matters, um, you might want to get a family report. So those sort of things are usually ordered on that first day. Um, So that what the court is just doing, an information gathering uh, event, really, at that early stage for the court more than for the people. Mm. So it's in front of a judge. Yep. And it's pretty quick. Yes, although you'll be waiting a long time. So I call it hurry up and wait. Um, When we're going in in person, don't be late, uh, but don't be surprised Mm. if you don't get on for a couple of hours. Okay. So what's the next step in the court convey about? You've got your directions Mm -hmm. from the first one, Mm -hmm. and obviously it's kind of like your homework list. Yes. What happens next? Then the court will have a look to see, um, well, if it's ready to go to a mediation if it's a property matter. Um, if not, uh, that there might be more orders for you to do more work to get it ready. Um, but if the mediation doesn't work for property or children and someone's filed an application for interim orders, then that's usually the next time you go to court where the court says, look, on that first date we said we needed these things or, and we didn't have time to hear your case. Now we've got time to hear your case. What is it that you need solved today that can't wait until your trial, um, the final hearing, which may be 18 months to two years away. So that's usually so that's a what, mini hearing. Uh, no so evidence. Is, interim. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Like. So yeah, no evidence so in, is given orally. There's no cross-examination. It's just what they call on the papers. So the judge reads the material, any subpoenas that might have been issued, and will make a judgment on that day usually on an interim matter. So if you don't make an interim application mm-hmm. or your other person doesn't, then that this doesn't happen? This doesn't happen, no. So you will okay. sail on to some sort of a mediation to try to resolve matters. If that doesn't work, um, then really you just get put on the list then waiting for your final hearing. 
Okay, and if you are um, doing a mediation, we have a whole episode on it um, where you can go and listen to it. We also have a whole module on it in the Divorce Course Online. So if you're up to that stage, go and have a listen to that episode. Mm. Um, So you've got a bit more in depth of what happens in mediation. So say they've been to mediation um, and didn't resolve it. What happens next? Um, Usually it just goes on a sort of a long waiting list. Um, The court may call it back for what's called a mention from time to time to say, like, have you guys tried mediation? Did that work? Is there anything else that we could try? Is there any are there any outstanding issues that if we could resolve that for you or make a finding on that, then you could settle it? So they're really looking for barriers to people settling. So I like to think of the court process. So it's a conveyor belt and the case Mm -hmm. chugs along from court date to court date and then a big long gap after that to the final hearing. But all all of the time, all of the time, um, above that conveyor belt, um, you should be madly negotiating, writing letters, trying to settle it. And if at any point you do settle it, then you can give your consent orders to the court and they will take your case off that conveyor belt. Okay. So So, so their aim, I guess, is to try and make not, not... get you to a trial their aim is to get you sorted and negotiated and out the door Hmm. um you said before that only like two percent or something end up in a trial that's the figures um two percent end up with a judgment at a final hearing i suspect it's a much higher percentage that actually get to the door of the court on the last day after two years of stress thousands of dollars and then they sort things out just before they go in that happens for a lot more people So one old judge, um, and I won't name him, but he was the one who introduced the the idea that everybody has to go to the directions hearings because the lawyers used to just go on their own. Um, And he said um, unofficially, I find if we bang the people's heads together often enough, (laughs) at some point a lot of them will reach agreement. So it's all opportunities to settle And the court will, like, sometimes the judge will give an indication because they've got a file, uh, a file list, right? Yeah. And they might have you come up uh, to court for a mention and they might just say something like, "Um, what's going on here? Isn't this straightforward? What do you need to settle, uh, applicant? What do you need to know, respondent? And sort of just jiggle it along a little bit. Yeah. And then what they might indicate, what they're thinking of mm. judging. Sometimes they'll get an indication from the bench, especially if invited by the parties. Um, it's true that if you're not got a court date coming up and you're part of a lawyer's busy file load, the chances are that you won't be top of mind. It's only when the court matter's coming up for court, there seems to be a flurry of activity with some people um, mm. and they pay attention to the case. So, so if, you, if you've got a lawyer and nothing's happened for like a year, maybe it's a good indication you should be writing letters, negotiating, along. Yes. doing something. Put an offer, yeah. um, ask, yeah. ask the, you know, write, write an email if you've got a lawyer and ask them yeah. is there anything else you can do because this is the time when offers are exchanged. Like you may still be at loggerheads, but if you put an offer in and, and it's called a 117C offer, Section 117 Mm. of the Family Law Act, if you put an offer in and when you ultimately get to court for your final hearing, you get that or even um, better than that as your outcome, uh, then the court 
you can ask the court to make that other person pay some of your legal fees. You'll be able to, your lawyer or you will be able to say to the judge, Your Honour, we could have settled this way back in July 2021. I put an offer, it wasn't accepted, and here we are. That's exactly what I've been given today. Or I've got an, you know, it's an even worse deal for him. He should have accepted or she should have accepted my offer. So that makes oh. people think. Hmm. Okay, and so what's that called again? One one seven C, one hundred and seventeen C. And if okay. you're not, if your other party's not got a lawyer, print that out of the Family Law Act, uh, of the Family Law Act on Osley. Find that section, yep. print it out, and attach it to your offer. A we put okay, a link. We'll, stick, we'll put a link. We'll stick it in the show notes. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So so you've gone to your first directions hearing or mention, and then the judge checks along with you as you go you're coming up to trial is there any other court dates that happen Mm, yes so you'll get a direct you'll get trial directions um, given by the judge when they give up basically on resolving it by mediation or negotiation uh, then the judge will uh, say okay you're on the trial list I'll set it down for two days in or three days or one day, whatever they think, they'll ask you how many witnesses you've got. Um, they will order dates for filing of um, updated affidavits, updated financial statements, and then that is your sort of rundown to court. And that's that gets really expensive really fast. Mm. Um, so, so if you're making an offer, oh, it is. It's hours stuff. and hours of work. Usually, yeah. you will have a barrister as well. So that's like the the pointy end. That's the dear, dear part. And really by then, if you've done the disclosure, looked at documents, got all the evidence you need, you know what the property pool is. People know what their history probably is. And you can, if you've got a reasonable lawyer, you, you know, your lawyer knows roughly what you're going to get. And they'll tell you it's a range, um, probably 10 or 15% variation. But if you've mm. only got a property pool of, say, 200000 10% is 20000 um, Gosh, don't pay that and go to trial. Just take 20000 less. At least it's still in the tin for your children. So, mm. you know, take those costs and stress into account. You walk mm. out of the court with your list for trial and that's when it really hits people that they're mm. actually going to have a hearing. And you're going to be in the witness box Um, being cross-examined by someone who may or may not be very pleasant Um, and that's traumatic for you and the children Mm. the judge being only human may believe you may not believe you they they've got to do the best they can they don't know you Uh, so a lot of it depends on how things pan out on the day Um, it's a Mm. big gamble so you only go there if you can't leaving you're leaving the negotiations in the hand of someone who's really not not been a part of your life yeah. doesn't understand it so i guess sometimes it's it's a risk if you can't if, if you really can't negotiate or compromise then you are walking into a courtroom risking everything because you have no idea how that's going to go well that's it's, right it's very tricky they used yeah. to call it letting some bloke you don't know and now we've got women in the court but you're letting someone you don't know um make a decision for you because that's the service our government offers us Our government says if you can't work out your property after you've separated, then we'll do it for you. Uh, We don't guarantee that you'll like the outcome, 
Uh, but we will do it in accordance with the Family Law Act and at least it's over. Yeah, yeah. So so what happens then? You've got your directions, you've got you've got your homework, you've got all your file documents you need to do by certain dates, yeah. all your witnesses, all your subpoenas, oh. all that stuff. If If you've done all of that and you still can't agree, yeah. what's next on the court? Commander? Well, you turn up on the morning of the court ready to go really um is there but is there a call call over occasionally they do do a trial call over and actually interestingly there's one going on in australia right now um it's because i think the uh federal circuit court and the family court are merging again Mm -hmm. so they're doing it's like it's like if you empty out a cupboard and have a look at everything that's in there right to the back, you know, Um, and that's what they're doing at the moment. So a lot of people whose matters have just been trundling along probably after their interim hearing and waiting for their final hearing, suddenly they're getting emails saying, you've got to come to court on this day and this judge is going to talk to you about it. And um, I suspect it they're calling it um, a call over. It is about settling. So they're going to give you a pretty clear direction from the bench if they think you're silly or not (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they won't hold back Uh, we've got judges coming uh, from all over Australia as far as I know to Brisbane to our court and I think they they like a traveling show they go to all of them and they have a big blitz so 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 you you're saying judges from all over Australia are going to a court in in some place in in Australia so at the moment Brisbane they dig out every case that's on the conveyor belt yep. on its way to trial yep. and they're checking yep. to see whether or not they could actually skip trial and just get them to agree. That's right. And they're for, they're making the lawyers and the people turn up. So a bit of my yep. old friends bashing their heads together, uh, including yep. bashing the lawyers' heads together, I guess. Um, I yep. imagine we're going to get some pretty firm um, indications from the bench about where this case is going to go. The judges are going to be saying to the individuals, the people, not the lawyers, because, you know, we do that all day long, they're going to say to the individual clients, is this really what you want to be doing, you know, with your $50,000, $60,000 and with your next 12 months of your life? Or, you know, are you going to try to settle it? And they'll encourage you to settle it. Uh, There are going to be uh, mediators around at the court to help you. Uh, They can uh, refer you to mediation outside of the court if they want to. They can refer you to arbitrators. So the judge is going to look at every... The judges collectively, I imagine every courtroom in Brisbane will be full and then the next court, they'll use all the courtrooms with all the judges and fresh eyes on it and give you really uh, perhaps a bit of a case appraisal from the bench. And, mm. um, yeah, reality check the lawyers as well. Okay. Hmm. So you could be getting a call out at some point if Australia, the Federal Circuit Court's struggling with all the... I guess it's like opening a box from your storage unit and going rubbish, op shop, keep, <laughs> I guess. Yes, I guess. In fact, if you were conmarrying the court, <laughs> Murray Condo, your, your three buckets would not be, you know, toss, um, op shop and, and keep. Uh, they would yeah. probably be arbitration, mediation, settled and going on to court. 
And so I guess you could say that only the really hardcore ones are going to Mm. end up going all the way to trial. Okay. All right. So, and then I guess, as you've mentioned, the next one is the trial day. Um, So trial day may be two hours, five days, seven days, who knows. Um, Once trial is over, what happens next on the court commandment? Okay. I love the way you you skipped over that. Um, Skip over trial day. Skip over the trial day. Do you know, just important to remember that during the trial, as the evidence comes out, um, you can still be negotiating and trying to settle outside of the court. But once that's done, you've finished a case, um, the judge has adjourned the matter, um, you walk out, then what? Well, normally a court won't give you the judgment straight away. Uh, Normally they'll wait a while, Um, could be quite a while uh, with some judges. But one day you'll get um, an email or your lawyer will saying, his honour or her honour is going to deliver judgment on this matter at 9am on this date. And then you get your answer. So do you have to go back to court again? Well, not normally. Normally it will be done by phone and email the um, outcome to you. Pre-COVID, yes, we used to go in and get it. Uh, then there, of course, is the issue of costs. And that's where if you've made, if you look at your judgment and it's got given you um, the same as you offered or even better than you offered, um, then you can make your application to the court and say, Your Honour, this we're only here because this person isn't reasonable. But of course, mm. that's not the end of it either. What? Well, well if someone's unhappy with the outcome, um, they can appeal and lodge the appeal within 28 days, it is at the moment. Uh, then that appeal process is very expensive and takes quite some time. It could be an appeal, if you're in the Federal Circuit Court, to a single family court judge or the full court, full bench of the family court. Um, and so... So full bench means... Uh, three judges. Whole... Three judges. What's the plural <laughs> for that? A hammer? Is it a hammer of judges? I'm sure it's not. Know. It's an eminence yes. of judges, I'm sure. Eminence. Okay. That'll be it, yes. So people can appeal the judgment. Yep. Do they have to have a good reason or can they just decide? Yeah, no, they have to have a good reason. Have to have a good reason to succeed. Uh, the court, I guess, can't stop people appealing on silly points um, but um, unless you're going to the high court. But uh, the court will look at, the full court will look then, or a family court judge will look at what your judge had in front of him. You don't have to give any more evidence. It's just all based on the transcript and the documents Um, And they can say either, yes, that was a good decision, we'll leave it as it is, or no, it was a bad decision, we'll shift it, or yes, he was wrong or she was wrong on some points, but we're not going to change anything. So, you know, and then that is usually the end of the road. Hooray! Hooray! But that can be years. So on the conveyor belt of Mm -hmm. court, from the initial application to let's pretend there's been an appeal, etc. How long would you say that would be in years or weeks or months? Do you know, at the moment, it's nearly three years. Holy Because that, that it could be that long because mm. uh, judges don't always hand down their decisions immediately either and then the appeal. 
um, and it's a long wait at the moment. We're getting, um, this is mid-2021 when we're recording. Uh, we're setting, the judges are setting down for trial dates. Um, in 2022, they're making a, a, a trial list, but the hearing won't be till the next year. So it's wow. really spread out since um, COVID and so forth. So, you know, you've got to really love litigation to stick around for court. <laughs> you you yeah. really need to. I think the, the benefit of court is sometimes getting people's attention to focus on what needs to be done, um, not, not letting things drift. But once everything becomes clear, uh, then you really need to, particularly in property matters, just make a commercial decision. Um, mm. and say, look, you know... A business decision. Yep, and that's say, it. Okay. It's just a business decision to save the uncertainty, the delay and the trauma of a court mm. case. Because I think when you've got a court case full on, every morning when you get up, you have that in your mind. That's mm. what I think. I think people act differently when they've got court coming up. Um, mm. You're scared to do your normal things. Um, yeah. You just put so your guess- life on hold. I guess you've got to, um, obviously, every every situation is different and some people need court, I guess, and other people, they think they need court, but maybe they don't. And I guess on that conveyor belt, people hopefully are hopping off once well, they get as much information as they need before they get to the final destination. Yes, yes. Um, with our Divorce Course Personality Prism, mm. um who do you find is the ones that end up at the end of at trial and appeal? Manipulative and, and controlling. The manipulative okay. and controlling person uh, usually mm. can't handle a decision that goes against them, so they will mm. appeal. Uh, okay. They um, can't let go. Your high-conflict person isn't that hard uh, if you're prepared mm. to just give in. <laughs> um, sometimes yeah. you just have to. You know, so you got. I guess with high conflict, you just got to weigh up: Do I want to continue fighting? Mm-hmm. Is or I guess the question you need to ask is: How important is it? What the issue we're fighting over? Is it going to affect the children and yourself for the rest of your lives, or is it? Yeah. A, is it? Is it workable to save yourself three years of drama? And you know, um, if you're going to get your property settlement two or three years earlier then usually you can buy a lot more with your money in, um, you know, now than you might be able to in a few years' time. So you can weigh that up and say, look, it's not my exact entitlement, but I'm prepared to accept it because I know I can buy that little house I've been looking at um, Mm. and I'll be happy there and it might have gone up in price when I'm looking, you know. or So, yes, um, a good really constantly thinking about settling and trying to get yourself off that conveyor belt. Yeah, that's super hard though, isn't it? And I guess the effects it has on children and your family and other people, all those court dates, you know, mm. and all that work you have to do, mm-hmm. it's like opening old wounds and it sounds very stressful. And I guess, so with Amicable, I'm guessing a lot of them don't get very far in the court. No, they conveyor don't. Belt. No, no, they don't. So they're lucky. Yes. Um, and but again, as we've said many times with amicable, strike while the iron's hot. Get it sorted while you're amicable, because you never know when it's going to change. Yep. 
um, because no one's divorced personality tends to stay the same forever, does it? That's right. That's right. If someone else gets in their ear or you take a new partner or they suddenly get bitter, they forget Mm. what you used to have together, you know, Mm. the friendliness. And and what about avoidant on the court conveyor belt? I think court's really good sometimes for avoidant people because, of course, the judges are terribly experienced and they have a way of dealing with all sorts of personalities so um, they have a way of drafting their orders or crafting their orders that forces the avoidant to do something or uh, if they don't then they have a have another way of doing it so that you know the judges they know how to progress the matter no matter how reluctant one of the parties is and sometimes avoidant people are more avoidant about the end of the marriage uh, once they've accepted that, they're not that um, awkward about, okay, well, we'd better sell the house, we'd better do this, we'd better do that. So okay. there's a lot of so, psychology. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. And I guess that's probably why it's good for these callovers, I guess, because, you know, maybe after a year or two of waiting for a trial, mm. you they might be different and, you know, you might be able to negotiate. And as Mama said, you know, negotiating via letter, Uh, negotiating by mediation, um, at court dates, try and negotiate then if you can. And, and, you know, sorry, Laura, but you don't have to negotiate the whole thing. Um, Like if it's a really big drama, everything's a big drama, work out the bits you can agree on and narrow, they call that narrowing the issues. So at the end of the day, you might have sorted out if it's property, the car, the the shares, um, you know all of that and the last thing is just who's going to take the house well that's easier for a judge to look at than having to make orders about everything so you can probably convert a two or three day trial down to a one day trial or a half day trial and as Mm. you whittle away at the issues um it it can sometimes make you think of it oh is it really worth going to court just for that you know, and mm, if you're mm. one of these people, um, anyone listening, if you really love your house, if you really love your house and that's your sticking point and you can't move, go out and have a look at some open houses next weekend or the weekend after. And you'll see there are some beautiful places that are being built and your house is not the only house. Um, and if that's your sticking point, at least give yourself the opportunity to change your mind by going out and looking around. Yeah. Mm. Now, Mama, I appreciate you talking us through those different steps. So it's good just so everyone's aware if they are on the conveyor belt, what's coming up and what could be progressing. Um, it, I have noticed uh, that that court is changing. Yeah. Um, is it, what's what's changing exactly with court coming up? Well, who knows? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, when the Family Court started, it was just the Family Court of Australia, okay? Mm. And then um, in about, gosh, uh, I think it was 98, maybe 2000, um, mm-hmm. they they created the Federal Circuit Court and, and then it became, um, yeah, it's the Federal, Federal Circuit Court, okay? And it's like a... a a brother of the family court, and they divide the work between them. They've now decided to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, 
and put the Federal Circuit Court and the Family Court and actually the Federal Court, so that's the one that does all of the immigration cases and, and uh, employment cases, all into one, one court again. The reality is they've always been in the same buildings the whole time and they've used the same registry. So it's not going to be very hard for, for uh, people to navigate, probably easier really. Um, but yes, so they, they, as I said, they're doing their spring cleaning of all of the files and trying to get mm. things in order so that this new court hopefully will address some of the delays we've been seeing uh, in the so system. That, so that joining of all the courts, do you think that's going to shorten the conveyor belt because there's more judges? or There, there are ongoing negotiations about the number of judges um, yeah. and that's a matter for the Commonwealth Government. So um, more judges, uh, more, I think, more mediators, more opportunities to resolve issues. Um, hopefully um, that's where we're headed and once it's okay. and so in the short term, each of those courts is going to continue to have their own rules, um, and then they will gradually merge their rules, and it'll be a lot more straightforward for people acting for themselves. Um, but yeah, hopefully, with the, with everyone pooling their resources, we should be able to get back to something like it was back in the late eighties. Uh, you could get to a trial within probably four months, five months. And for years, I, I didn't have any cases that were older than about six months old, either settled or gone to court. So um, these timetables are not ideal and it's not what the court wants. I know that. Mm. 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 Okay. All right. So it's important to keep in mind at the moment, the courts seem to be a little bit on the clogged side, yes. but they are spring cleaning, yes. <laughs> um, which is good, I guess and that maybe there'll be some changes coming in the future that will expedite things for people, which is great. So you don't have to make life-changing decisions based on the fact that you don't want to wait three years for a judgment. So I guess that's a positive. Yes. Do you know, though, yeah. sometimes a negotiated settlement, particularly when there's kids, is much better for the children and for the family going forward. Mm. I guess that's right because the conflict and the and the drama and you know, the subpoenas and all of that stuff can make you as a person stress, which then the kids can pick up on that stress and yes. and then it makes things unpleasant. It does. And it, and it Plus, yeah, hardens the money, relationship. All that money that you could be spending on holidays to <laughs> when, when COVID opens back yes. up. But, so, so thank you, Mum. We're going to put the Federal Circuit Court fact sheet um, in our show notes as well. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, we just send us a DM on Instagram on the divorce course or send us a DM um, on Facebook on the divorce course podcast Facebook page. And uh, if you are interested in our online course, um, subscribe to get the information on our website called the divorce course podcast.com.au or the divorcecourse.com.au. So thank you, everyone, for listening, um, and we look forward to chatting again soon, and we hope that you are going to be able to hop off that court conveyor belt as soon as possible. Thank you, Mum, for your time. It's okay. Thank you, Laura. Goodbye. If you found thank this you. podcast Bye. helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. 
And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.